Welcome to this week's episode of the Ramblin' Runnels podcast, uh, hosted by Jesse Runnels. Um, I'm once again joined by my wife, Jillian Winters. Hello. And, um, <clears throat> so, uh, let's see, this marks our 86th episode. Wow. Not that that matters, so I don't know. But anyways, um... I don't know what arbitrary reason I decided to say that, but whatever. Here uh, we are. Huh? And I said, here we are. Yeah. Um, I think, uh, so this week, um, we wanted to do, a, well, I mentioned last week that we would do a Black History Month uh, episode. Mm-hmm. So, um, I had decided to uh, do one on a topic. You know, I... Um, very much of the uh, support of, you know, black folks in America or any race or creed in America, but especially that, you know, black folks have had the, you know, the worst treatment in this country by far than any other race, probably. Uh, well, for a long period of time. So, um,. This may not be a, a happy episode <laughs> as other episodes, but it will be informational. And um, I just want to make light or make people know about stuff that maybe they don't know about. Mm-hmm. So, um, well, firstly, before I get into what I'm going to talk about, um, what were you? What What did you want to remember about Black History Month, Jill? What did I want to remember? About well, like, it? like, like, what? Uh, I don't remember, but like, portray for this week's episode. Like, you have any? Oh, um, like, like you know, historical figures from. No, we're doing my episode next time. Oh, you, was that what you wanted to do? I yes. thought you decided you wanted to. Yes. Okay, a so. A lot of times with Black History Month, though, like, it makes me, I, it just makes me think about questions. Like, when you said, you know, people who, black people in this country have had it, like, real hard, maybe the worst, It I immediately thought, like, well, is it worse than Native Americans? Like, Excuse me. Excuse me. Yeah, I guess I forgot about the... I... One... This is, I guess, an ethical dilemma. I kind of equate it to, like, the... Maybe how people like to think about that train. Um, the, The train metaphor. I forget exactly what that is. Where you, like, can divert the train and kill one person... But six people live, whereas if you do nothing, six people die. But, like, you didn't take any action, so are you responsible, etc. Right. I often like to think about back in the day when... What amendment was it that gave people of color the right to vote? Oh, I don't know. I was... I don't... I'm not sure. 15th? Well, the 13th is for slavery. So anyways, whatever amendment it was that were giving black men the right to vote, there was a big divide among feminists of the time. Um, do they support that amendment? B- 
because it's progress in the right direction? Or do they hold out and say, hey, wait, it's still just men. Like, we want to hold out for an amendment that gives everyone the right to vote. And I often like to think about, where would I have stood? But, I don't uh, know. There's no right answer, you know? Right. Um, it's not great. Um, and, I mean, the we could keep going, like, you know, why are, you know, cis white men... You know, like, uh, whatever. Why are they the worst? Well, like, why are they the ones in power? Why are they the ones making decisions for women? Mm -hmm. All that kind of stuff. (laughs) Um, You know, or for people of color, etc., etc. So... It, and, and they use their they always impose their beliefs and opinions rather than not always well yeah I guess I'm 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 uh, surmising or oh my gosh did I just fall into the hashtag not all men yeah I don't know I That's mean how I read that hashtag well anyways um but like just they it's a lot of personal well some of those decisions are personal beliefs like for instance even though like john bell edwards i mean we're getting kind of off topic here but we'll rein it in eventually um john bell edwards you know passed that abortion bill because his daughter or whatever has some kind of illness syndrome whatever i don't know what it is but you know, us as a family could survive even though they said we should probably have an abortion because our child might not live and it did. Like, what's your excuse? That's why he decided to do the, the you know, ridiculous or whatever it is, six week. It's absurd. Abortion um, bill. Yeah, that's why that just blows my mind. Because it's like they were told that they should probably have an abortion. Well, now they have a daughter that they love. I think, yeah, there's probably been a lot of difficulties. But they got to make the choice to keep her. And so now they're trying to take away the choice from other people. Even though normally that's not how it's framed. But like they made the choice to keep her. Right. And... Yeah, I, I just think that a lot of politicians should try, in my opinion, com- compartmentalize their personal lives or ideas or. I also. I, I mean, like you. I mean, yeah. You, I guess you could have integrity, but it's also a job. You can't. Well, I think part of it is too. You have to like as a politician, you're supposed to put your personal beliefs aside somewhat and represent what the people your constituents want and I think in Louisiana that is an instance where what he personally wanted lines up with how the majority of Louisianans felt right so there is that argument that he was yeah most people support but that's a whole nother topic let's not talk about abortion let's go back to black history okay so which I'm sure ties to abortion somehow. Well, 
I mean, right? Yeah, there's a lot of yeah despair, economic despair. But before we get to that, we have to go back in history. So this week, I'm going to talk about a a person who is black and who is a, a activist. And he served on, he was part of Obama's cabinet at, at one point. Van Jones. Van Jones is a CNN commentator. The only reason I know about him is because of, well, I think I, I've seen him on uh, CNN a few times. And I've uh, also seen him, like he was on a, this documentary I watched called, I think it was 13 on HBO Max and this was so the 13th it's about the 13th amendment but the I'll read you before we get into any of this I'm going to read the 13th amendment so section 1 of the 13th amendment reads as neither slavery nor involuntary servitude except as a punishment for crime Whereof the party shall have been duly convicted shall exist within the United States or any place subject to their jurisdiction. Section 2. Congress shall have power to enforce this article by appropriate legislation. So, yeah, slavery shouldn't exist nor involuntary servitude, which, you know, most people agree upon, but... The second part of this, it except as punishment for a crime, whereof the party shall have been duly convicted. And if you look at the past, let's say when this was passed, what, 1860s, 70s, the 13th Amendment, give or take? Mm-hmm. Sure. Okay, well, if you fast forward 120 years, um, just what, what race is probably the highest race behind bars? I would, yeah, probably black people. So the 13th Amendment Not probably it is. has been a little bit con- misconstrued. I would say by folks like Reagan and um, maybe Jimmy Carter. I don't know about Jimmy Carter, but Nixon, Reagan, um, maybe to a certain degree with LBJ. I don't know. I mean, I know he was trying to work with Martin Luther King and, you know, help impoverished people at the time. But. I don't know his views on crime. I mean, I don't know everyone in his president's views on crime. But I do know that Nixon, Reagan, Clinton even, who's a Mm -hmm. Democrat, all had, you know, know, the war on drugs. And, um, yeah, we've... I mean, drugs have been in this country for hundreds of years, regardless of... I mean, cocaine was legal in pharmacies in the 1800s until they wised up and, oh, this is bad. But, um, 
it's just so criminal of, to me, for Reagan in the 80s to say that crack cocaine is more, should be punished more than cocaine. You should get a higher, like a worse charge for crack rather than cocaine. When, I mean, both drugs are probably equally bad. So, it's, it's, cocaine could be more, you know, like lethal than crack. Crack's just like cocaine cut with baking soda, so it's cheaper for, you know, you know, people that are in despair and with poverty. I think... Do what you think I'm wrong? Or? No, no, no. I think someone told me recently, I forget who I was talking about this, but that crack cocaine is more potent than cocaine, be, even though it's less baking soda, because of how it's consumed. Okay. I don't know if that's right or not, but so it, if you consumed them in the same way, they might be equal, but just based on kind of, so they might not be. There might be more disparities. Not saying that that's a reason to put more people in jail, 100%. Just saying it might be. Yeah, I mean... Because I remember talking about that on the podcast before. Like, that blew my mind when I found out it was just cocaine with baking soda. Well, chances are, like, somebody who's selling cocaine probably has more cocaine on them than they would have crack. Probably. So... They also probably... I mean, who knows? But I mean, like each like each crack rock got you like X amount of time. Oh, it's absurd. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it all that was was just a a nice gift wrap label for racism. Mm -hmm. I mean, that might be hard for some folks to hear, or they might not want to believe. That I'm, you know, I'm saying that, or like, I'm alluding to some kind of, you know, disbelief. I'm living, you know, too far on the left, or or whatever. I don't care. It it is racism to everyone is due a fair trial, regardless of the crime, or whatever it is. Well, even they and, might still have gotten a fair trial, which it's actually based on the. Statistics. It seems improbable that black people get fair trials because I think black men have their their sentence is like on average three times longer than a white person convicted of the same thing. Like it's things like that that it's the trial might be fair. They might be guilty, but the law saying that having one. I don't know, ounce of crack cocaine is equivalent to having one kilo of Coke is, that's like convicting a user at the same level that you would convict a dealer. Like that's, right. that's where the disparity is, not with the actual trial. Yeah. And I mean, in like, I just hope if, like marijuana gets federally legalized if it does or when um they should uh i don't know what's the word like pardon all the people or you know all that have 
Yeah, that that's they should probably thing. do that by state by state where states have marijuana laws too. I mean, I guess it depends upon. I mean, I, well, they're probably convicted by state level, so that that's a gray area. So. Yeah, it blows my mind that there's some people like where even weed is decriminalized in a lot of states, but there's still people serving literally like 20, 30 year sentences for having weed, whereas now people just get a fine. It's like we need to get those people out. I know some states are working on getting those people out, but there's still people in there. Right. And uh, and I'm not and I'm not even getting into like. There's so many cases where, like, a white person said this person did it, like, and they didn't, just so that person would go to jail. Like, all that kind of stuff is, I mean, pick and choose, case-by-case basis. But a, a widespread thing, like crack cocaine, which is a drug that does impact impoverished areas till today still is just criminal to and that's and that's where you get that's how white people are getting away with modern day slavery point blank and let's talk let's make that connection though that's because because of the war the 13th, on drugs. The, the 13th Amendment says you can't enslave people unless it's as a punishment for a crime. Right. And so then making crime disproportionately affect one race is a form of slavery. Just right. That's. Connect to those yes. Yeah. Thanks, Joe. And that's why I led with the 13th Amendment. Before I said all this stuff. One thing, so this is something, I remember listening to an NPR um, interview when I was living in Minnesota, so it must have been 2013, um, with this author. It's called, the. It's. it sounds like it's similar to the 13th documentary with I have not watched, but this book called The New Jim Crow explores this very topic of how mass incarceration um is basically the new Jim Crow of how we're yeah, having and, systematic racism. So shout out if anyone wants to read that. The interview with the author was like life-changing. And it's a it's really a shame that probably a large percentage of people who go to prison and come out of prison, I mean, you're at a... You're at a very much disadvantage once you get out of jail because not a lot of places are going to want to hire you because you have criminal offenses and it's hard to find a job. So those people, when they get out, they're screwed almost. And also, I mean, I think a lot of prisons don't try to you know, give inmates any sort of, like, there's not any rehabilitation. I mean, there are rehabilitation, but there's some, some, but, I mean, I don't, I mean, it could be a very better program than what it is. It's just, all it is is just, it's a business. It's an economic business for America. Well, not just for America. There's 
difference between taxpayer-funded jails and prisons and for-profit prisons. Yeah. Like, there are literally private entities making money off of incarcerating as many people as possible for the lowest bottom line. Yeah, so, I mean, that's terrible. And um, workers in... I mean, there's there's so much. Like, all you have to do is do a quick Google. Like, people who have jobs in prison, because I know that's like, people are like, oh, well, you can work in prison and, you know, make your own money and save up and be set for when you get out. You make, I'm not exaggerating, you can make as low as, like, five cents an hour. Yeah, I and mean, that's... So then... I, I, I don't know how that's legal, but well, uh, because because of the Thirteenth Amendment, right? And um, federal minimum wage laws don't apply to incarcerated people. Yeah, and it's terrible. Um, I knew one person who was making Disney balloons for like five cents an hour. So think of that next time you have a princess birthday party. <laughs> sure, it's terrible. Um, and to 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 go back to. And not one president of all those people I said have ever visited a prison and trying to help this problem. I mean, it's a problem. Like, I I would probably guess that America has the most incarcerated people in the world. We do. So, if that's the case, why isn't any president besides the last person that I can think that actually visited prisons, excuse me, and tried to, like, work with these people, try to come up with a solution, was Obama. And where where is the, you know, the empathy in this country for these people? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, granted, yes, some people do deserve to be in prison for their, for their whole lives. Yes. But not everyone. I was in jail for something I didn't do. Period. And I, yes, what what is it? You're innocent until proven guilty. Well, the way it went for me was guilty until proven innocent. In my mind, because I, I mean, said I didn't do it, and the cop didn't believe me. Somebody pressed charges just because they wanted, they thought I did it or wanted to. I didn't do it, and I had to spend. Like a grand or more to get out and had to actually get the charge expunged. So You didn't have to get it expunged. Well, if I wanted to pass the background check. Well, no, you were going to pass it because you would... That's that's another thing with this. This is not related to 13th. But if... First off, it's so expensive. All these fees and crap. Um, Right. So make five cents an hour and then have to pay all your court fees. Um, second, if like Jesse, his was messed up because his charge was dropped because he didn't do it. Obviously, like there was no evidence; they just dropped it. But that wasn't reported properly. So when his background check was done, it showed up as an arrest with no disposition, and so he had to jump through all these hoops to show that no, I, it was dropped. I'm not convicted of this. I'm not wanted for this. Whatever it may be. So. 
for people. Thankfully, we have the resources. Jesse was able to, like, he had to drive to the one courthouse where it was, get it taken care of. Like, there's people who don't have those resources. They don't, if they're working 60 hours a week and have to take the bus everywhere, they're not going to be able to go get this stuff taken care of. And then it just builds and builds and makes more. Anyway, sorry, I'm getting getting wild and i mean i don't understand like i mean could i launch a case against the district attorney of that parish i don't know for or like they have the right to arrest you jesse they have the right to arrest me but they don't have the i don't have the right to say that you should have put this in the state of louisiana system oh for that yeah like to Say that there's a disposition of my record. If you could prove harm, like if you didn't get a job because of it, maybe. I could have. Well, I could have almost, that almost happened. Yeah. So, so I mean. You're, okay, let's not get off on Yeah, but I'm just saying that, so I mean, this is minor. This is minor to what other people go through, yes. I'm just saying that the criminal justice system has its flaws. And I don't know if I'll ever see the day that that's fixed, but as long as people are making money off, of yeah, it, just money drives every. What's that? The love of money is the root of all evil. Right. So I I think something should be done. I think that a number of cases should be retried and looked at with hard scrutiny. And then also look at the current laws and try to reflect that based on the cases. Uh, maybe pardon folks. I know Obama pardoned a bunch, as many people as he could. So. Can we do a little positive? Okay, yeah. Uh, I mean, but I, the reason why I say all this for this episode is, yes, Black History Month is something to remember, you know, people who tried to make a change for black people. For instance, like Van Jones, who you know, brought all this to light and, um, or Martin Luther King or, you know, even Malcolm X or some other people, um, Jesse Jackson, like, or Obama, Obama's a, I would say he's an activist as well. Yeah. But, um, anyways, um, there's just the reason why I say all this is because there's still so much more to do. And the positive I wanted to bring up is that there are a lot of people trying to make this better. Um, I think, so my brother David worked on the Innocence Project when he was in law school. So if anyone wants to support that, it's really awesome. It helps provide resources to people who didn't have the resources they needed. They couldn't afford an attorney, had a public defender for whatever, you know, things, maybe there was corruption, lots of different instances, but they're on death row. And Innocence Project has proven without doubt that some of those people are innocent and has saved their lives. Um, The other thing that's really awesome that, shout out to our hometown in Baton Rouge, um, so if anyone wants to financially support them in honor of Black History Month is Project Parole or Parole Project, Parolee Project. Damn it, I should know it before I give them a shout out. Anyways, they're on just Google Parole Project, Baton Rouge. And um, what they do is Baton Rouge was, or sorry, Louisiana 
was one of the last states, I think, to overturn lifetime sentences for juveniles. So there are people who were convicted of murder uh, or manslaughter. I don't know the exact, but they were convicted of violent crimes and received a life sentence as a juvenile. So they're helping these children who obviously did something horrible, you know, assuming that they're guilty, which again, we don't know if that's true or not, given how our system works, but have been spending 50, 60 years of their lives in prison. And now um, you can no longer give a juvenile a life sentence. So the parole project has been working on getting those people who would not have been who, if they were convicted today, would not have a life sentence, getting them a second chance out in the world. So they connect them with jobs, with resources. They provide them resources to actually get um, parole hearings and get retrials, etc. So um, provide job training, education, like really try and give these people the resources that they've been missing for decades, literal decades. Like some people are like in their 70s and just now getting out. So, when they've been convicted when they were, like, 15. Um, so, I just think they're really awesome. I know that there's a lot of job uh, places that partner with them for jobs, including some of the animal rescues in Baton Rouge. So, there's a lot of people trying to do good things and make this better. And they deserve our support, especially in honor of Black History Month. Mm-hmm. And, um... I think that's all I've got for this week's episode. Um, I hope I have enlightened folks who did not know the better. And, um, you know, you know, this world isn't fair. Be the first one to say that. So, um, I hope you all, you know, learn or enjoy this episode for what it's worth. Um, like and subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Um, find me on Instagram on my Rambo Runnels account. And once again, thanks for all who listen. And I uh, hope you have a good week. Goodbye. Bye.